0: Dude, bingo at the senior center? Sign me up right now. Yeah. Bingo! You want to get in a fight with a little old lady, that's the way to do it. Good morning. Good, morning. good to see everybody. It's good to be back with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, big shout out and thanks to uh, Ted. What a good word last week. Uh, it was fun to listen to online, and um, so just thankful for, for that. And uh, we had a great time, uh, for anybody who cares, up at the mountain, camping and racing at the Bank Slalom. Uh, it's something that has been going on for 35 years. Uh, this is the 30. it was the 35th annual, and uh, they hadn't done it since uh, pre-COVID, so it's been a minute. And uh, there was a lot of anticipation. People came from all over. We got to see some friends, make some old friends, make some new ones, and just spend the time with my boys up there. So uh, it was really rad. And um, me and Jonah didn't do so hot, but Ollie did good. So the Johnsons—it's a win for all of us. So one of them. And uh, so, anyways, um, it was fun. And then secondly, before I get started, I. It was up here last week. I didn't notice it on the video, but I came into church. And um, I just want to show you guys something that's super cool because Spencer made me this uh, table. I've had this one around for a long time, the, the one I've been using. And um, he was doing some woodwork, and he hit me up, and he's like, hey, I'd like to make a preaching table for you. So we worked back and forth. But he put this amazing uh, epoxy and inscription on the front. And uh, for anybody, look how rad that is! So it's a compass star, a compass rose. If you guys have been around for a while, we did a series called Compass Rose, um, and I believe that it was uh, a pivotal series for our church. It was a couple years ago, and it was it was about the way we navigate through the world uh, and through our life. And anyway, so we put the compass rose on there and anchor, and then it says, if you can't read, it, it says, point them to Jesus. So whoever stands behind this table. Um, we know what we're, and it's sturdy, which is dope. We know what it is we're supposed to do, and we're supposed to point people to Jesus. And, um, so thanks, Spencer. It's so rad. Yeah, that's dope. Okay. Let me pray. Father, thank you for this morning, um, I love hearing people sing as we sing there's just uh, I don't know words come out of our mouth and even sometimes my head I I have to think about these words and um, the things that that I'm singing the questions that I'm asking and the truths that I'm declaring and the reality is Lord you are you are good the reality is life is hard and sometimes in the hardness of life, it's hard to be overwhelmed with how good you are because we're just in the mix of, of stuff. But even declaring those truths and hearing other people sing how good you are and how you hold us in your hand and how um, you have a way forward for all of us, it makes us remember that, that we're not alone. And that we are planted in a, in a rad community. So Lord, this morning we open up your word because your word gives us direction. Your word gives us instruction and encouragement. It gives us truth. We need truth, Lord. So please speak to us now. And uh, we love you. We pray everything in Jesus' name. Amen so we've been talking about the rhythms of jesus the things that jesus did because when you look at potential this weekend had a lot of potential for me i got bib number 114 i saw that number and i said that's the number that's gonna i think we might win this thing (laughs) i had a lot of potential there was a lot Turns out but the the way you look at something oftentimes dictates what you 're going to get out of it. If you look at something as wasted potential and this and that the way you look at it as a negative effect, but if you see what could be there 's an excitement about it, you tend to step into something with with that excitement so we 're looking at this new year, this new season, this new place in our life that that God has us we 've just been through the ringer as a culture in the world and and we are looking at the last few years of our lives, a lot of us are saying, I'd like to see some change. We need to replace some bad rhythms, habits, with some good ones. Where's the best place to get those? Well, I would like to propose it's Jesus. So we're looking at the rhythms of Jesus. A couple weeks ago, we looked at his rhythm of being with other people. We talked about the rhythm of of being at church, why that's important, Um, why it's important to be connected, walking in the same direction with people. Then last week, Ted talked about um, the rhythm of abiding in Jesus and what that looks like. This week, I actually want to take one more step into that, into this world of personal connection. I want to dig a, a little bit into this idea of personal connection with God. Because there was something that Jesus did often. It was even confusing a little bit to his students, his disciples, those that follow him, followed him, Peter and them, you know. Something that Jesus did all the time that they would kind of be like, what is that? And here's what it was. He would disappear. He would disappear for extended periods of time. And they would sort of be like, where is he? What is he doing? I actually think uh, the chosen, Have you guys seen the, the show? It's really good. Um, but I feel like they, they depict, it's an artistic depiction, but it's sort of this sense that the disciples, a lot of them, they're around taking care of stuff, and there was like, where's Jesus? Where's the teacher, they said. And it was, they knew where he was. He was off connecting with the father. That's what that's what they knew. And then when he came back, there would be this sense of they knew what they were supposed to do next. And, but Jesus would do this. He would disappear for extended periods of time. Let me, let me show you a couple of verses. The first one is Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 39. It says this, and he came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and he prayed. And it tells us what he prayed. He says, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. Luke chapter 5 verse 16 it says this but he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Matthew 14:23 and after he had dismissed the crowds he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came he was there alone. These are just 3 But these are pretty low-hanging fruit verses that shows us that Jesus had this rhythm. This rhythm that he would go to a place, and that's all we're told, is that he prayed. Jesus went there, and then he prayed. And then he returned with strength and power. You know the one where it says he's up on, where I just read he was up on the mountain? and, And when evening came, he was up there alone? That's the same story that says and when he looked out he saw his disciples rowing the boat across the water and they were trying and trying and trying but it was hard going for the winds of life were contrary to them they were in a storm and then jesus came walking on the water you know that story and they were freaked out and they're like it's a ghost and he's like it's not a ghost it's me and peter says lord if it is you command me to walk to you and jesus says come on then peter gets out of the boat like all of that But that's the the story, his eyes. But all we're told is that he went up there. But when he came, he was empowered by the Spirit. He had direction. I must go to Jerusalem. I must go through Samaria. There's a woman I need to speak with. That's the woman at the well. There's always this sense of empowerment, direction. But all we're told is that he went out and he prayed. I love what Ted said last week. He says that when Jesus was abiding with the Father, he was strengthened in his, and this is always good to think about, his head, his heart, and his hands. The way he thinks, this is, affects faith, what we believe, our heart. This is the, the center of who we are, the will. Remember, apprenticeship, discipleship is the partnership of wills with God. So it changes our hearts, the desires of our heart and our hands. It, it changes the way we live. So what was happening out there? That was the million-dollar question on the disciples' minds. Like, what are you saying out there? What are you doing out there? We know, if anything, this was a rhythm that Jesus had of personal connection with his father. He was connecting with his father. A partnering of wills. That's why when Jesus says, come to me, put on my yoke and learn from me he was asked he asked us invite us into something that he knows firsthand himself this is when he was in these places that's the putting on of the yoke not my will but your will be done and they wanted to know what he was praying for because he always came back different and this is actually did you know that there's only one thing in the bible That is recorded for us. That the disciples asked Jesus to teach them. He they didn't ask him, Lord, teach us how to cast out demons. They didn't say, Lord, teach us how to do. They said, Teach us how to do this, this thing that you do when you disappear and you come back strengthened. They said, Lord, teach us how to pray, because they were like, What is it in this that is affecting you the way it does and it changes? the world around you and the way in which you walk. Will you teach us how to do that, that thing that you do out there? Now, this is one of the things that I personally think the modern Christian and church has done a great disservice to. We take this idea, this connection with the Father and we've bottled it up. And we sell it. And we market it and we call it a quiet time. We call it a morning devotion. Do your devos. Because we want connection with God, no doubt. But it's kind of been like, well, if you want connection with God then you need to You read your Bible and pray, and you read your Bible and pray. And the more you read your Bible, and the more you pray, the more connection you have, the more connection you'll have, the more good you'll be, the better you'll do. And we kind of have bottled and sold this relational aspect. And here's the problem. It's confusing because you read your Bible and pray, and life is still hard. You read your Bible and pray, and you still have temptation. You read your Bible and pray, and you still feel like a failure. You read your Bible and pray, and you still get angry. So we're like, oh, I need to do better. Here's your potential for 2023. We say this. I need to read my Bible and pray more. In your heart, you want to connect with God. You want God's will to become your will. You want his heart to beat in your chest. But the way we've kind of been raised sometimes is that you get to that by getting on a little bit of a treadmill. And you run and run, and sometimes you feel like you're not going anywhere. Reading your Bible and praying is the best. I'm going to preach the rest of my message on why it's awesome. But it's the heart in which we go to it. If we have these quiet times, everything will be all good. I want to submit to you this morning that it's deeper than that. It's not about you going to have a quiet time, but I believe that there is something that happens that God wants to quiet in our lives. i titled this morning's message, Kill the Noise. Kill the Noise. We're going to look at two different types of quiet times. I think we have a few different, but we'll just look at two. Specifically, we're going to look at one. We're gonna, we're, I just want to compare and contrast what I'm calling Living room quiet times and wilderness quiet times. See, we all want living room quiet times. These are Instagram quiet times. These are the ones where you get up in the morning and the world's best cup of coffee is waiting for you. You get that world's best cup of coffee and you sit down, you open the Bible, and like light emits from the pages. The sun shines perfectly through the window, past the leafy plants onto the pages of scripture where your steam from your world's best cup of coffee and the steam rising is a picture of the Holy Spirit. And God speaks to your heart, speaks to your soul, and that coffee speaks to the rest of you. I love those. I want that to be the place where God just grabs my heart and speaks to my soul. i got to be honest. The places that God grabs my heart and speaks to my soul Or more often than not, kind of what Jesus experienced. He didn't have many living room quiet times. You know what he had a lot of? Wilderness ones. He didn't have a lot of them that lasted 20 minutes. But I want to look at one right here that lasted for 40 days and 40 nights. So will you open up your Bible to Luke chapter 4? This is going to be the text we're going to jump off from. Luke chapter 4. Starting in verse 1, it says this. Now notice the subheading, the temptation of Jesus. It doesn't say the quiet time of Jesus, the temptation of Jesus. Verse 1, and Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, where he was just baptized, by the way, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, which has always been A word in the Bible as a place of testing, a place of trial, a place of temptation by God. Not that you would fail, but a place of proving, of strengthening. The Lord led him in this place for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. Verse 4. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. It's been said that in this moment of time, he didn't look at Jerusalem and Rome, where Caesar is, but that actually... All the kingdoms of the world throughout all of time. The Bible calls the devil the God of this world as if he's uh, in a sense that his power and sway was not just for that time but through all times. And he showed Jesus these things and said to him, To you I will give all this authority. And their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I will give it to whom I will, if you then will worship me, and it will be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem, and he set him on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, If you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written. Now the devil's playing hardball. He will command his angels concerning you and guard you. Like, won't he? And on their hands, they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against the stone. And again, Jesus answered him. It is said, you shall not put the Lord God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time until the next opportune time verse 14 and jesus returned in the power of the spirit to galilee and a report about him went out through all the surrounding country and he taught in their synagogues being glorified by all kill the noise i want to talk about whether it's a living room quiet time a wilderness quiet time whether it lasts 20 minutes 20 months 20 years these seasons of life i want to talk about four things that i think are present in both i'm not going to tell you this quiet time is good and this one's bad connecting with god is good in general but i think that whether you're connecting with god over a cup of coffee or you're in a really hard season there are things that are present that jesus demonstrated in himself that were rhythms to him that are available for you and i all right I'll give all four of them to you, and then we'll go through them. They're this. He went alone. He went exposed. He went hungry, and he went regularly. Let's look at the first one. He went alone. Jesus was driven into the wilderness. It was just him and his father. One of the rhythms that the disciples notice is that Jesus... Often withdrew from people and was by himself, with the Father. He left the crowds because there was a greater source of belonging that he knew he needed—not just that he needed, that he actually wanted. It was in that place that his spirit was quieted, his unique path was revealed. You know that there we are walking together as a people. That's why the rhythm of community in church is so good. Remind you? Remember what I said? You're part of a plan bigger than yourself people bigger than yourself, those things. But you have a unique plan and a unique path that God has for you in your circumstances. There are things that God wants to say to you that he can't say, um, that he wants to say directly from him. Can, Can I give you guys an example? When I first took over this church as the lead pastor, I don't say I had a meltdown hopefully I look like I had it together but I was like what am I doing I remember trying to call people because I here's what I needed them to say you got this you're good at this you're God's holy anointed pastor and blah 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 and you're good to go so I called like my old pastor from back in Colorado he's like my big brother and true to his jimmy humphries hopefully he'll listen to this and i'm calling him out hopefully he'll hear that i was trying to call him and he did what he does he didn't answer the phone jj i'll call him back he's just scatterbrained and real busy but i was like jimmy answer the phone i need help from you in retrospect i'm so glad he didn't you know why there was this thing i needed to be alone with god and i needed to hear god's voice say you can do this you know when we got this building i met with the owner and i was like oh my gosh we might get our first church building and then i found out some like other church some people were like trying to slide in and get the building i was like oh heck no (laughs) I got mad. I even sent a text that I had to apologize for later to the Lord. <laughs> and I was alone with the Lord. Do you know what he's, and I was in a, it was a wilderness place. It was a hard place. You know what the Lord said to my heart? He goes, JJ, do you want everyone at the church to go? Oh, sweet. Look at what JJ did. Or do you want everyone at the church to say, look at what God did? And I was like, well, I want him to say, look at what God did. And he was all done, just let go. But there were people being like, dude, anyways, there were things that God wanted to say. And I'm here to tell you, you need, God needs to do some noise killing so you can hear him. I put this, there are, God, there are things that God wants to speak to you that he wants to come from him and not just another person. And sometimes God needs to get you alone to show you that you're not alone. To show you that you're his. We are so consumed with how many likes and followers and how many people are with us that we forget that God is with us. He went alone. The second thing is this, he went exposed. I put open. The hard thing about being alone is that you're alone. You're exposed. You're who you really are when no one's around. In this place, Jesus was exposed, unfiltered. The place where he he prayed, Father, if there is any way out of this, let it be this cup, this death, this sacrifice that he needed to make. Was it necessary that Jesus died on the cross to pay the ransom for the sin of mankind? Yeah. How do we know? Because he said, if there's any other way, I'll do that. Nevertheless, not my will, partner of wills. Your will be done. And that's when it ministered to his head, heart, and to his hands that were literally pierced. That's a, a time of exposed, unfiltered. And it says here in our text in Luke 4, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jerusalem, was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days. What was happening in this exposed time? The whole time he was being tempted by the devil. When you're open, God bless those kids. Don't let that noise ever be uh, annoying to you because it's the best noise ever. His weaknesses were in the open. They were direct targets of the devil himself. But you know what? They were open to God as well. And he who is in you is greater than he who is in this world. He who created you is greater than he who is trying to destroy you he who can bind up your wounds and heal them is greater than the one who hurls insults and wants to cut you down but here's the problem we are scared of hurting we don't want to hurt so what do we do we don't open up not just to people but actually to God we'll have a morning quiet time And put it on the gram. But we don't go to the wilderness places where we're exposed. And everything is open. And we literally are crying out. God what is going on? Please help me. Where our sins and our things. Because we think that it's it's bad. That it's wrong. That God wants to push his finger on it. When what he wants to do is perform beautiful transforming surgery. But we can't do it when something's covered up you know when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden and they made their sweet little fig leaf bikinis God came back in and what did he say where are you guys we hid ourselves because of our condition God said who told you of your condition it's been the trick of the devil for forever Don't let God know what's really going on, because he's just going to tell you what you already know, that you're bad. So we don't do it. But God is not the one to hide from. Jesus shows us in his rhythm. He's the one to run to. That's what's so beautiful about the Psalms and David. David basically says this over and over. God, I'm really screwed up. But you are my safe place, so I run to you. I'm up here. I'm down here. I don't know what to do, but God, you never reject me. And then he even pep talks his own soul and he goes, Soul, what's up with you? Rejoice, because God is good and he'll never turn away. But we have to be at that place of expose before we know that Jesus is actually our refuge, our place of safety. That's why Jesus could endure what he endured. The third one is this He went hungry. I could reread it, but after 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. No food, no water. He was in need. He needed food. You know the rhythm of fasting, which I don't think I'll talk about in this series, but the rhythm of fasting, the whole point is to knock your body off of a rhythm to say, body, you don't need what you think you need. It's a want. And so with this, this rhythm of saying, body, you don't get to say what you want. Spirit, you get a voice. And so it's, it's, a, it's a suppressing of a bodily want. That's the, the rhythm. Jesus was fasting 40 days, 40 nights, no food. He was hungry. It's funny that one of the temptations that the devil himself said to Jesus was, make some food. He needed food. We are in need. We are a people that are at the depth of who we are. We are in need. I look around and I see people who need love. People who need acceptance. People who need peace who need joy. And the temptation for Jesus then for us now is to be filled now with food that doesn't satisfy. To run from one thing to the next. I took it out because it sounded too cheesy parental. I was like, we want junk food now as opposed to nourishment later. I know you do. It's our nutritionist in the house thought i would make you proud but here's the deal holler if you hear me quick fixes rarely fix anything they just delay the inevitable prolong the inevitable outcome and when it comes to sir, we spend so much time looking for the way out of something we forget the whole time that god's looking for a way in we spend so much time being like i'm hungry i want out of this place jesus pushed all the way through because there was something that god wanted to do in him in that place i wonder if somebody just needs to hear that whatever it is you're doing i know the need that's why we put such an emphasis in this place about being a place that sees people when they come through the door. You know why? Because God sees them. And if there's one place in someone's world where they should be seen, it should probably be church, right? This place where we're coming to connect with God with other people. So regardless of how we look or, you know, all of that stuff, it should be a place where we are seen there should be a because there is a hunger i love this verse in hebrew there, there's so many <laughs> it's god's word it's it's good it's food i love this verse in hebrews I'm, i've said it a lot of times and i'll say it a lot of times over the years but it says this the word of god is alive the word of god is powerful it is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Cutting between soul and spirit, between joints and marrow. Look at what it does. It's the samurai sword with no handle, right? We've been saying it for years. It cuts you before it cuts others. That's what God's word does. It says, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. What is the potential in that verse? Is it something to be scared of and run from? Or is it something to be embraced and allowed to happen? God sees what's going on, and he wants to feed us. I want to be surrounded by people in my life that love God's Word if I've asked you for what your advice if I've asked you for your counsel in my life and decisions that I'm facing know this I've asked you because I because you love God's Word I my prayer for this place is that we would be a place that loves the Word of God we love it because it's healthy it's nourishment it it feeds our souls And it can feed others. I want to be surrounded with people who don't just know what the Bible says, but who have been nourished by it. A lot of people know what it says, but it's in word only. We haven't been in that place where we're hungry and we're hurting and someone speaks a word to you or over you and it nourishes you and you go another day. You go another round. And then you are able to look back at the end of that season and you could say this, God got me through. It wasn't that, that person's presence. I needed them. But God strengthened me through His Word. He strengthened me through His Spirit. I want to be surrounded with people like that. In Jesus' hardest season, He leaned on His Father's words. It is written I'm hungry. I want to be satisfied now. But God is telling me that He's working something greater. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone. That's what that means. There's something greater. Oh, yeah? Well, I'll give you all of these kingdoms right now. You're you're supposed to be great. We all know you're supposed to be great. I'll give it to you right now. You don't have to stop. Just say the word. Jesus says, it is written. God's will is the will for me. I'm going to lean what is here and now. I'm going, to, I'm going to trade for what I know here and now, for what I know that God is working for me because I believe that his way is better than my way. Well, just end it all. God will take you. You're, you're the chosen one. Just jump off the, just end it now. Jesus said, nah, I'm going to trust He leaned on God's word every time. There's a a lot of stuff out there. You can't turn on your phone. You can't turn on the TV. You can't turn on anything without finding some words that want to satisfy your flesh momentarily. But only God's word will nourish your soul eternally. Okay, last one is this. He went regularly. Hard word to say verse 13 says and when the devil had ended every temptation he departed from him until an opportune time when was the next opportune time i promise you this it was the next time he went to be alone with the father when is it the hardest time to read your bible when you open it up you open up and the distractions come and the text messages come you know when the hardest time to prepare a message is when it comes time to prepare a message when you sit down and you're like this person hasn't texted me in nine years and now they want to have a conversation they just wrote me a letter and i and i don't respond i'm like i got to do that later but i wonder what they've been up to and then it's just the hardest time to do it is when you go to do it that was the next opportune time jesus here's what i put living room wilderness whatever Jesus went when he could, excuse me, Jesus went where he could, when he could. You know, I really wanted to go into this whole thing about how he always went outside. But then I'm like, you know, that might just be adding something to someone that doesn't necessarily need to be added. I put this, he went when he could, where he could. They lived outside. I'm amazed every time I go and I'm alone outside by myself knowing that God is with me I'm amazed every time the rhythms of this world that God has set in place that I see the creeks that run by I'm like water where are you coming from it hasn't rained in a month and a half and there's still a little trickle in it's headwaters Matt and I were talking about it yesterday the headwaters for the nooksack we were looking at them there they are That ice cube right there, it's called a glacier. That's where the river starts. But this rhythm, Jesus was always pointing them out. Look at the birds of the air. Do you see their rhythms? They're not stressed. They get up in the morning. They do what they can. They feed their families. They rest. There's all these rhythms that are happening. The sun rises in the east, sets in the west. The stars come out. Psalm 119, we look at all of these things, and it ties us in. God's got me too. But not all of us are outdoor people not all of us are in that place so Jesus went when he could where he could some of us that's in the morning I was told for years if you don't do your quiet time in the morning God you only get basically half a blessing because God is most awake in the morning and so should you be the early bird gets the worm and the early prayer gets the blessing And there was always this sense of like if i didn't do that that i was kind of maybe i would get a b maybe a c plus but maybe the a wasn't for me it was for other people when god was really putting in my heart the things he had for me for a future and i feel like like pastor a church you know i failed english twice Why you got to cheer with that? That's my boy right there. He's trying to encourage me. And it's like the Lord was saying, hey, if you would pay attention, I'm trying to show you some stuff. You're going to write a paper and do a presentation every week for the rest of your life. So proofreading is not bad. I was like, why you got to mark up my paper and make me write it again? I just did it once. That's how many times I'm going to do it. But as the Lord was Preparing me for what was coming. But I always operated, even in my Christian life, like "Ah, I'm a C-plus student. I'm a C-plus Christian. Because my success was based on, if I do this, then I get. If I do this, then I... And And it wasn't so much on, regardless of what season I'm in in my life. Am I... Alone with God on a regular basis? Am I opening up what's really going on in my life on a regular basis? Am I like Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Am I asking God to feed me with eternal things, with things that are good, not just for my body, but for my soul? for the world around me for the my family the community in which i live am i asking god to do those things and is this a rhythm because here's the hard part we connect with people every once in a while regular church attendance is like one and a half times per month one week we'll have close to 200 people in this room and the next week we'll have a lesser number we're going to keep going with joy with, but that's just the reality. Rhythms are different. And I don't want to tell you, read your Bible and pray more and God will bless you more. I just want to say, he, it's not about your devotions to him. He wants you to be regularly reminded of his devotion to you. How much he loves you. And then he's going to say, will you trust me? Look at the birds of the air. They don't do all of these. Look how God takes care of people. Do you believe it? Yeah. Will you give to the Lord and let him do that in your own life? He'll ask you to take a step of faith. He went regularly. For some people, it's 20 minutes a day. Sometimes we're in this alone place for days and days and weeks. Seems like months. Might be a season of life. That's no less quiet time than this 10 minutes that we want to spend with God on a daily basis. It's this alone connection point with the Father. The bottom line is this. Your world is noisy. I know it is. There's a lot of noise. We live in a time of more competing voices than actually ever before. Sometimes I wonder what it, was, what it would have been like to live in a, in a time where you... The only voices that you heard are ones you literally had conversations with. They weren't subver- subversive voices that you see in an advertisement. They weren't... They're just coming at us from all over, all the time. And we just... What we do is we add Jesus' voice to it when I think there's a way to kill the noise... By being alone with the Lord. So here's the, we'll end it. I don't know what you're going through. Exactly. But I know exactly what you're going through in general. I know that you're trying to navigate stuff. I know you want to make the right decisions. If you're a mom and a dad, I know you want to do what's right for your family. If you are quick To get angry with stuff, I know that you know that that's like not the best response in your life. If your pattern has been to cancel people, I know you feel isolated. I don't know your exact things, but I know this. You're not alone, even if you feel like you're alone. You're not a nuisance to God, even if you're a nuisance to yourself. God thinks about you on the regular. He has things he wants to share with you. He has encouragement for you, strength for you. He is working your current circumstances somehow together for your good and also for his greater purposes and plan in your life and in this world. If I could end with a thought, I'd love for you guys to take this with you and think about it god created you to make your mark on this world but he so desires he he wants you to make your mark on this world i put this but more than that he wants to make his mark on you we get so concerned about making our mark on this world we need to do this. We need to do that. Those are good things, but we can actually forget that more than that, and it happens in the alone places, in the quiet places, Jesus wants to make his mark on you. So let's pray. Let's, uh, let's sing the song in response to the Lord, and then I'll come up. I'll close us out. Father, we thank you for this time. Father, by your spirit, I pray that there could be this sense of where the pressure to perform before you gets wiped away. There's no there's no pressure. (laughs) All the pressure was was placed upon Jesus so that we could actually experience freedom. What it is not to have pressure to perform, to come before you and do a dance and be like, look how good I am. But that we can just come to you and we can say, Lord, help. Lord, uh, it's not based on whether or not we deserve it. It's based upon your love. There's nothing more free than that. It's, It's God's riches at the expense of your son. Grace is an amazing thing. So, Lord, you have us in this moment. We are in a group of people, but by your spirit, you are speaking to us as individuals. And there are things that you are saying to people in here. For some people, you're saying, I just want the real you. For some people, it's this rhythm is unhealthy. I want to do a new thing. For some, it's I, you have a word for them that's from you and from nobody else. So whatever it is, Lord, we are open to it. We want to hear from you. We want to be people that don't just know what the Bible says, but we know what it does. It nourishes us. It gives us direction and purpose. It makes room for other people. Lord, we love you. We thank you for today. We pray everything in Jesus' name. Amen.